Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. It's that time of week again where my business partner, Sam Russ, takes over the show and interviews our guest. I hope you enjoy the show. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Sam Rust. Joining me today is Terry Painter. Terry is the author of the Encyclopedia of Commercial Real Estate Advice and the founder of Apartment Loan Store, a mortgage backing firm that's closed over $4 billion in loans over the past 25 years or so. Terry has done numerous transactions all across the country. Welcome to the show, Terry. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, it's a pleasure to be with you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Terry, you jumped into the real estate market a long time ago, the late 90s. It's almost a different universe from where we are at today and lending conditions. Just a few things have changed since then. I think the average cap rate back in the day was maybe 8 to 10%, somewhere in that range in the late 90s. You would be looking for something higher than 10, actually. Yeah. You could believe that. <laughs> so, And people would complain if they, they had to take a nine or eight caps sometimes. Yeah. And obviously we're in a very different world today where value add multifamily, which is what LifeBridge Capital specializes in and a lot of what you lend on across the country. I think the average for C and B type product is like five and a half, maybe five and three quarters. And with the way it's moved, it may be even lower than that. So definitely a different universe. What we're seeing, which is really an anomaly today, is C-class properties actually dipping down in a lot of, you know, we're based on the West Coast, and even though we do lending nationally, we're seeing properties that are actually dipping below a five cap that are C properties that are going for what B properties and even A properties should be selling for today. Yeah, the amount of spread that you could usually count on between A and B and then B down to C class assets, it's really compressed. And in a lot of the markets that we trade in, it really isn't there. There's hardly any spread, especially between the B and C assets. I want to talk a little bit, Terry, about the overall landscape but I figured maybe we'll start with something that's more specific to lending. You know, we work with a lot of passive investors at LifeBridge Capital. And one of the questions that I get asked all the time is, asset prices have been going up since 2008. And I'm really concerned about something like 2008 happening again. And everybody kind of has it in their mind, real estate is cyclical. We know that history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it usually rhymes. We're not going to be on the elevator train up, up and to the right forever. But Looking back at what happened in 2008, that was a real estate-caused recession in many senses. And a lot of that was because underwriting standards seemed to get pretty out of whack with fundamentals and some of the incentive structures were messed with. I'm curious, for your perspective, having lent through that entire environment and still in the lending space today, where we're at, just from lender underwriting standards, are we starting to see those relax? Or where are we at in relation to 2008? Prior to the Great Recession of 2008, we used to joke at our firm that we could make a loan to anybody with a 640 credit score and a pulse. And <laughs> that was pretty much true. Today, actually, the, the experience of the sponsors, if we're talking about syndicated transactions, and the financial strength of the entire group is really king. It used to be that we made loans 
almost solely related to the quality of the property, especially the income of the property. The location of the property, of course, has always been important. But today, it's really the quality of the experience and the net worth and liquidity and the financial strength of the team that's putting together the syndication. And so you're seeing relatively similar standards over the last 10 years for debt coverage ratios and loan to values and and some debt yields, a lot of those metrics that lenders look at that we're not seeing a relaxing of those? With the exception of having recently gone through the coronavirus recession. And during that, what happened is that initially banks started raising their debt service coverage ratios higher to lower their risk. They also stopped doing cash out refinances and just doing other things as well. Actually, our business really picked up because we can make a lot of loans that the banks could not do. But we are seeing now that things have tapered off. And the biggest problem we have in lending right now, which is the same problem that investors have in any type of income property, is that real estate professionals, real estate brokers are actually pitching deals based upon pro forma, not based on actual income. That's because there's such a scarcity of properties on the market. The inventory is so low. And that is just like, like in my book, what I talk about is I say, would you ever buy, let's just say you're buying a tire shop. Would you actually pay something for it based upon its future earning potential? Well, of course not. So what is it that the real estate brokers and sellers today are selling properties so often based on potential? So by the time we get the actual numbers into crunch, You know, it's unfortunately wastes everybody's time. A really good syndicator will do that. They'll get the package together for us before, you know, the sponsors will get the package together before we even see the deal, which is really great for us. Yeah, we're definitely seeing that in all of our markets. I think the brokers are almost panicking in a lot of areas because so much is trading off market. There's a lot more buyers than there are sellers. And we're starting to see more sellers come out because the prices are so ridiculous. We're actually in the process of disposing of a couple of assets ourselves because the cap rates that people are willing to pay on actual is really historic for the type of value-add assets, You know, the 70s, 80s product that we've seen. In one of our markets, I just saw a deal that was 95 construction, 100 units or so. And it's going to go for a three cap or less. It might even be a sub three cap when it's all said and done. And I can't even get close to making that pencil. It's unbelievable. Sure. Even though even though institutional investors, REITs and so on, have a tendency to just to stay with A and B quality properties, we have also pushing property prices up also is that they just have money sitting there. And it's better for them to invest it at a lower cap rate today and wait for the rents to go up than it is to have the money sitting there when they're paying investors. But we also have seen them actually look at high quality C properties now as well. Yeah, I think people are expanding their buying criteria just because there's not a lot out in the marketplace right now. One of my passions is construction lending. There are some sponsors that actually specialize in putting together syndicated transactions with ground up construction. And that actually is a loophole in the whole system because you can actually for the first time, the replacement cost is way below what it's going to cost to buy a property today. So even with the cost of materials going up, but we did a construction loan a couple of years ago, and the group, it was a syndicated transaction. The group actually planned on like at least a five-year hold, but they built it for around $21.4 million, and they got an offer for $34 million. 
at sub four cap. Of course, they took it, you know. Yeah, we're seeing that. We're doing some ground up development. Several other syndication groups that I respect are doing ground up development. There's certainly a risk element there that you really have to watch. But in select markets, I think it makes sense because as you just noted, replacement costs continue to soar. Land continues to get more expensive. And they see properties, the cap rates are just dropping through the floor. It's incredible. That's the one thing that doesn't really make sense. I'm also doing some investing and I'm looking, you know, I have some money sitting there and I'm looking to invest. I've also been a passive investor, sophisticated and accredited myself. And I remember times when we were promised 12% returns and it was not that difficult, actually pretty comfortable for the sponsor to pay those. But today, one of the things we're looking at is just these expectations that passive investors have proposed against the reality of the low inventory overpriced real estate market. And a word out to investors, what you really want to do is also make sure that your sponsors are successful. We we really are not, as far as like the preferred returns that make sense have to be, it really does, I hate to use the cliche win-win, but it really does in this instance, you do want it to be a win-win. You want to work with, in this market, a more experienced sponsor group as opposed to a newbie. Because the newbie is going to promise you a rate of return that's going to create it so that they're not going to get paid. It's like, keep in mind that the sponsors are responsible for everything from putting the deal together all the way through overseeing management, everything. I mean, they have hundreds of hours involved over many, many years, and you want them to stay in the deal. So if a new sponsor promises you a 12% return today, it means that they don't make money three or four years down the road, they could back out, you know, and, and that could be dangerous. And so my advice is to stick with more experienced sponsors and also make sure that the return is profitable for them as well. Yeah, I think that's something that more sophisticated investors realize is, hey, I, I don't want to get every last drop out of this deal. I don't want to prioritize for just the highest top line return, but let's look at the entire picture and let's make sure that if everybody wins, then we can do this again and again and again. Yes. And you motivate for proper performance. I think that aligning the interest between your limited partners, between your passive investors and the sponsors is really crucial to a successful syndication, especially as, in my opinion, we're headed towards a time where operations going to matter much, much more than maybe it did over the last 10 years. 10 years ago, you buy anything commercial real estate, you probably did great. I don't know that that's going to be the case for the next 10 years. Right. Right. So yeah, that brings in the quality of the property management. It's more difficult today to do value adds and they just take longer to pay off. But if you prefer an experienced sponsor, they can actually eyeball the property correctly and realize they can see the, the value that's going to be there. As long as they're buying, the most important thing to mitigate risk actually is to buy a property in a good neighborhood. And they always seem to go up in value as the rents are able to be increased. If you take a look at a blue-collar, working-class neighborhood, the risk is going to be a lot higher you know, as far as buying it. And then having the property have a great internal rate of return down the road. Yeah, the old adage in real estate, right? Location, location, location. It matters. Right. It's preeminent. A lot of passive investors are also worried about buying into the top of market, which I think is a very fair question. Right. In commercial real estate and multifamily specifically, which is what we focus on at LifeBridge Capital, I believe that finding the right value add projects helps lower that risk a little bit if you can force that appreciation over the first 
12 to 24 months of your project. I tell a lot of folks, I can't predict what's going to happen in two years, but generally barring something like COVID, we can see out six, nine, maybe 12 months. I'm curious for your thoughts on that. It's interesting because I have a client, I pleaded with her to not buy this property in Chicago. It was in my favorite neighborhood, right close to Lincoln Park Zoo. And it's just that she was buying it like at a five and a half cap. This was in 2018. Lincoln Park is the neighborhood, a hip neighborhood, great restaurants. It's just the type of place you'd want to invest in. And she was doing exactly what I had taught people to do back then. But the problem is that she was paying a price for this property that was what newer properties were going for. And this one needed quite a bit of work. Plus, she was putting a lot of money into it. And so for the first couple of years, she actually only saw a 2% cash on cash return. Wow. Very, very little. But because she had bought in this better neighborhood, once she got the units all turned today, she looks brilliant. And I have to say, I was wrong because she bought in a good neighborhood and brought the property up to the level of some of the best properties in the area. She made it out like a bandit. And she's already well over doubled her cash investment. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think... Having that vision, like you were speaking to earlier, is just really important and does come back to some level of experience with the sponsors. There's so many people that rightly see syndication as a path to success and want to create success for themselves, for their friends, for their family, but make sure that they're partnering maybe with somebody who has that experience or in some way is accounting for the variabilities in the market because it's definitely a volatile moment right now. Right. I'm curious to dive in on a couple of things specific to the lending portion of this business, Terry. A lot of folks, or more folks maybe, are starting to look at loan assumptions. There's quite a few folks that bought properties in the last two years that maybe they put agency floaters on. And maybe they're even in their lockout period, but because values have been pushed so quickly, maybe they're looking to sell those properties, lock in their gains, and you have to run through a loan assumption. Do you have any tips or pointers for folks who are looking to take on one of those type of loan products? We have like four products that do have very favorable assumptions, loan assumptions. Keep in mind that commercial banks don't like those. They just don't have them really. And so we're talking about the agency loans, Fannie and Freddie. And then we have FHA, which has HUD, which has, a, you could assume a loan for a half a point. It takes a long time to put those deals together, but those are so high to leverage. They have a lower debt service coverage ratio. And then we also have CMBS, commercial real estate mortgage-backed security funding that also has a 1% as the agency loans do, assumption fees. What it really gets down to is that because cap rates are so low, somebody has to actually put more money down anyway to buy a property today. And that's going to be true if they want to assume your loan. And rates are so low right now. Of course, they have been for a long time, but actually having somebody come in the future, if your strategy is to hold for, let's say, two to four years and then sell, by actually today getting financing with Fannie, Freddie, or CMBS especially is a good option because it could be very attractive for them to be able to assume a very low rate, you know, today's rates in the future. Yeah. It's an interesting conundrum for a lot of folks who are trying to figure out, should I hold through to the lockout or should I take the bird that's in my hand right now and take that offer? And we're starting to bid on some of those projects that maybe require a little bit more down payment up front but you're getting into a relatively decent loan product. You're taking some of the risk off the table and you're able to execute where maybe some other groups are not. It really depends on the property's potential too. It could be, you know, it could have some under market rents. It could have some value adds. It could be done inexpensive, just cosmetic 
ones that are inexpensive and they can make it worth it. So as we look out, I mean, you've alluded several times in this conversation, Terry, to the market being all-time highs. It's getting really difficult for deals to sponsor or to pencil for sponsors, for passive investors. People are starting to push out budgets based on um, investment summaries based on pro formas instead of on actuals. Where do you think we are in the market right now from a fundamental standpoint? What's maybe a positive indication in your mind and something to watch? Well, here's the thing is that there's one basic tenet in commercial real estate, especially that as long as you can raise rents, property values will go up. So that is the bottom line for making any deal today work. If you're going to buy an overpriced property today, the most important thing to know is that you're going to have to take a longer period of time. You probably will have to take two years to raise rents and to do some other value adds to where the investment is going to be worth more. And yet, we never would have guessed, I'm going to tell you, we never would have guessed two years ago, the property prices would be where they are today. And just keep in mind also that there's always more earnings from appreciation than anything else in investment real estate. And so I think the most important thing to do for an investor to think about today is the equity multiple, which is basically taking a look at your investments. So if you invest, let's say, 200000 today, would you be happy that in four years that that grew to 400000 for you? And that's something that's realistic, you know, because we're still seeing equity. And when cap rates have really soared down even, we still see if with experienced sponsors groups that they could still double the money for their investors. Good as the stock market is doing right now, it could just within a matter of days go way down. And that's just not going to happen with investment real estate. It's very unlikely you know, let's, that we would have another great recession. I know you work with a lot of syndicators around the country, Terry. A lot of times people will talk about things not to do as a syndicator. You know, don't, don't buy in the wrong area of town. Don't skimp on your due diligence. You know, find that right property manager. But what do you see as some things that good syndicators do? What are some patterns that you find, patterns of action that maybe don't guarantee success, but make it more likely? Yeah, that's one of the best questions I've been asked in a long time. I would say the number one thing is that really good sponsors do. So do not fall in love with the property which is really easy to do with just investors, let's just say that decide to just try to buy a property on their own and not join the syndicated group. You know, it's just like dating and just taking a look at somebody's looks first and say, okay, yeah, I can see myself with that person. Syndicators that are experienced, sponsors that really know what they're doing, they only see this as a business. They have blindfolds on when it comes to the beauty of the property. Of course, a more beautiful property is going to look better in photos and so on. But but as far as actually being able to talk about what this property is going to produce as far as income based upon your experience is really where it's at. And these experienced syndicators also, they really have teams that work for them that just really do their due diligence. I mean, they get two or three years of financials on the property. They really know what condition the property is really in. And so by the time they're ready to pull the trigger on that property. These are really dynamite properties, even during low inventory time, low inventory times today. You know? So not falling in love with the property is one of the best things that the syndicators, sponsors do. Yeah, completely resonate with that. I think 
there's always that tendency when you're the deal finder, which is my seat for LifeBridge Capital, that you find stuff that's going to tug at your heartstrings. But it has to make sense. It has to make sense on paper. You have to be able to model it. You have to be able to justify it. You can't let yourself buy with your heart, at least if you want repeatable results. One of my best clients, I worked for a lot of wealthy people, and he just fell in love in Utah. And yeah, it was beautiful river views, purest stand carpets. Everything was perfect. It was like he was going to live in it. But he ended up paying a million dollars more than it was worth. And think about how long it's going to take him to raise rents to actually capture that million dollars he overpaid for it. That's an individual. I don't really see sponsors doing that. Yeah, and I think that's an important note towards a partnership, right? Whitney and I talk through all of the deals that we offer on together. Once we've identified them as a target, we're ready to write an LOI. We run through it together just so that someone else can be a check on our underwriting process or somebody outside who hasn't gotten into the weeds and fallen in love, so to speak. And you can make sure, hey, does this meet our original goals for deals that we're going to offer on? Exactly. On the lending side, too, we don't really have any interest in falling in love with properties. It doesn't suit us at all. So we just look at the numbers. You were number crunchers. Oh, that's fantastic. Terry, as we're getting close to wrapping up here, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? To be really frank about that, it's something very simple. It's really the love of the deal. You know, my experience really comes more from looking at hundreds of real estate deals you know, analyzing them. And I love crunching numbers and I get excited about putting deals together. And so I would say that just the love of this business, it's not something any more than you could be, you know, a sponsor doing syndication. And if you're just doing it for the money, as you will be able to attest to, Sam, you really have to have a love of the deal. And that's what I have. And that's what I feel. I've gone through quite a few relationships. I'm not that proud of that, but I'm not planning on continuing that process. When Monday came around, I couldn't wait. I spent the weekend looking forward to going back to work. I love that aspect of real estate as well. There's even for deals that you won't even do, just trying to figure out what could make this deal work and trying to find that right path. And you can get very creative. There's so many different options out there, both in the lending space and your equity side. It's a fascinating puzzle every time. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Last question before we go, Terry, how do you like to give back? I have a winter home in the Dominican Republic. And one of the things that I started doing years ago is I actually find somebody like in a third world country, we have like a young man who is Haitian. And one day when he was working on painting our house, I said, you know, you do all this construction work. What is your dream? What would you like to do? And he said, I've always wanted to have a store. And I said, well, what kind of store would you have? And he said, selling athletic shoes. And so my wife and I actually invested in him opening up his first store. And he's been very successful over the last three years. And that's helping people is what I love to do. I like to see the results. Well, Terry, if folks want to reach out to you, learn more about what you do at the business loan store and the apartment loan store, how can they get in touch? Departmentloanstore.com is our website. And we also have a business law store. Also, my book is the Encyclopedia of Commercial Real Estate Advice. And there's a website for that as well. And also a YouTube channel called the Encyclopedia of Commercial Real Estate Advice. The book is great for newbies. Anybody investing in real estate, it really gives you all the background you need to understand how commercial real estate is put together. Fantastic. Well, Terry, thank you for your time today. Really informative for our audience. Thank you to those of you who've tuned in as well. We hope that this was informative for you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. 
LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.